Proverbs 29.18 says, without prophetic revelation, people perish. So you actually are not functioning properly without ongoing revealed knowledge. And then he told us, right, in John 16, he will, the Holy Spirit will what? Tell you things to come. The reason he tells us things to come is because, this is what I've learned, you cannot live in a place that you cannot see with your eyes before you live there. Jesus, he, there's a brilliant statement in the book of Hebrews. There's this brilliant statement, and it's this. It says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Now, that's a big, here's a big thing about this. Just because it's un, un, uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not God. But he's willing to undergo, like, like uh, Mel Gibson did a really good attempt and it was powerful, but it's not even close to what he underwent. And he sees this place because he knows I will delight in going through this because I see sons and daughters coming into right alignment. So he was able to live through something because he saw beyond that place. And, and th- th- this is why the enemy tries so hard to cloud our vision because we can't live in the places we can't see. I doesn't plan on saying all that. Did you like sense tonight like the presence of the Lord and like there was such a glory it's still in this room and there's like this revelatory atmosphere and it's because we're not alone and here's like like I call these like real truths that change your life that everything that we see in this world has been created by something you cannot see. And a key to the believing life is learning to interact with the world that you cannot see. This was Paul's apostolic teaching. He said, we look to the things which are not seen because the things which are not seen are eternal and the things that we see are subject to change and temporal. And then Jesus, he like, Jesus throws these truths out and it's like he's just looking to hook people to learn how to see reality. It, there's like this, it's like this little, I call it like this, this like, um, this rabbit path that Jesus goes on or, or the gospel of John goes on with Nathaniel. And it's like, they tell him like, hey, we've met the one that they've prophesied about. And they're, they're like, come and see Jesus. And as they're coming, Jesus tells them, gives them that phrase, right? Before you were under that tree, I saw you, Nathaniel. He's like, girl, like he goes, oh my God, this is, it's him. It's him. It's the Messiah. And then Jesus like throws this thing back at him. Because this is exactly how God relates to people. It's like this. I've learned this, walking with him. He throws these things out. He throws throws these like nuggets and words and truth. And then he looks to see if you're interested 
and inquiring of that truth he just told you about. He says, oh, you, you think that's a big deal? If you believe, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascend and descend. So he tells you, he goes, part of the believing life is the ability to see the unseen realm and to see my beauty within the unseen realm and learn how to cooperate with that. That is part of your inheritance, the ability to see what is not seen so you can manifest what I want to manifest in the scene. And it's really, imp- I wasn't planning on doing this, just kind of feeling. It's really important that you learn how to feel yourself correctly because even the elementary things of God will not be understood unless you are hungry to receive them. God has this characteristic, Zach was touching on a little bit, and it's this, and I believe that we're just starting to understand it in the body of Christ, and it's this, it's his holiness. And by his holiness, it's not like he wants to come zap you, but part of holiness is this, is God will always be true to his word, and he also has integrity. And in his integrity... He does not give to things to people that they are not interested in receiving. He will come in front, like, it, it's not like he's like trying to withhold something from you, but he's trying to see if you'll reposition your heart according to what he's doing in front of you. That's why it's fascinating to me. I've observed this nations, big groups, small groups. It's like God is in a room. And sometimes people are so casual in what God is doing in a room. They're looking, they're talking. I mean, like the word of the Lord is coming. And I'm not like wanting to beat people up, but I'm going, do you realize the incorruptible seed is in the room to transform everything you need? And so he, he models this. That's why it's really important to watch what you're saying. Because people say like, oh, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm never going to go to Africa. I don't like going on planes. And God's going, hmm, man, I got something from Africa, but they keep telling me they're, they're, they don't want to go that far on a plane. Okay, that part of their life is shut off for now. That's why I always say, I never say never. But there's this truth modeled in the Gospels. It's really fascinating to me. This the elementary truth that Jesus is spending time with these guys and uh, he's um, walking with them. They're seeing him. He's interacting with them. It, but, but catch this. This is really important. This is sometimes offensive even to the American, especially that socialist mindset which believes in being entitled to other things that people have created. No, it's true. It's just absolutely true. There's a spirit of covetousness behind a lot of the world system teaching. There are groups of leaders who want to 
continually give a message to other people that because other people are financially successful, somehow they are stealing from you, and so you need to empower them to get your stuff. I don't know, I wasn't planning on saying all that, but um, you'll notice this with Jesus. When he walked the earth, he's modeling how God relates to people. And he actually tells us, he goes, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a banquet. And he, and he actually, sometimes people go, well, we don't want to like focus on the blessings. Of the, and I understand sort of what they're saying, but actually Jesus proclaimed everything that the kingdom entailed. Uh, um, a few years ago, uh, I was in LA and I took this Uber and this girl was not doing too well. I said, well, today is a good day. She's like, why? I go, I'm not suffering anything that you're suffering with. She's like, I can't pay my bills. I'm depressed. My ex-husband's like trying to like take my kid from me. I said, today's a good day. She goes, why is it a good day? I said, because I can introduce you to the God who can deliver you from all that. But he says, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding that's prepared. And notice why people don't come. They don't come because they're cheating on their wives or they're, you know, they're whatever. We know what the overtly sinful things are. But they're more focused on the temporal than the table that God sets before them. And so... He, he tells us, this is what's available. This is not like, like, there's not like this special group of people in the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is open to all, but it is your responsibility of what you're going to do with what he has made available to you. And here's the beautiful part. Everything he's asked you to do, he's empowered you to do, and then he rewards you for giving you the power to do it. It's not like you do anything in your own strength. They'll help, I, I got, you know, thank you, God, I delivered that. I can't do it on my own. But here's what he does. He lays it before you, and notice, too, three guys got to see aspects of him that the other nine did not. Yep. That's right. And they wrote scripture, and they said, we are eyewitnesses. Only three were on the mountain of transfiguration. He always had these characteristics, but he only displayed it to three. I don't believe it was just this arbitrary choice. It was, there's something in these guys that I'm going to show them that they're going to be able to uh, take the truth that I give them and apply it correctly to change the world around them. Now go back to this thing. Man, I wasn't planning on this. Mark 11, really interesting story. We can agree, right? Fellowship with the Lord is like an essential elementary discipleship thing. Can we agree on that? It's not a trick question. (laughs) I'm not into that. But you'll notice, this is really fascinating to me. In the Gospels, Jesus never ever gives them a lesson on how to pray until they ask him. It's only in their inquiry of him that he begins to give them a lesson in elementary truth. And so, when you fuel yourself correctly and position yourself correctly, 
you unlock yourself to receive truth that God wants to give you, that he's reserved to give you, but you must be, it's not that you earn it, but you must be positioned correctly with a heart to hear and a heart to obey that allows you to have access to that. Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The tragedy is around believers. There's something, there's this human tendency that if you've been around the things of God for a while to go, yeah, I got that. I got that. I got the giving thing. I got it all. And I've learned with the Lord, it's, it, it's, it's always expansion. It's always, I want you to learn that truth in a greater way. I want, as you practice that, there's greater understanding. There's greater layers. There's, there's things that I want to show you in this season. Mere-bo-ho-sho-to-no-mo-yo-ndoro-bo-ho-sho-to-ro-bo-yo. Mara for truly, there is a rhythm and a sound by which heaven moves. There's a sound and there's a symphony that heaven operates on. It is even the great cloud of witnesses is included in the synchronization of heaven. And they move to a distinct synchronization. And the Lord would say, make no mistake about it, that this is truly an unprecedented time for my people to be alive. For yes, my people will not be without, and there has been an agreement. According to Matthew 18, 19, there is all across the earth. My people do not be moved by what you're seeing through media, social media, big tech, lying spirits. Because there is a sound, and that sound in heaven is connecting with people on the earth. And they're connecting with that people on the earth, and there are words, words of fire being released in cities and nations of the earth. And the Lord would say, make no mistake about it. I am releasing rain on America. I'm releasing righteousness on America. I'm releasing an answer to the prayers of God's people. And that which you thought was powerful, there are roars and roars and roars and roars and roars roars that will come through the body of Christ. There will be a lightning that will come to the body of Christ. For I've heard my people saying there is more. And the Lord says there's a door opening into more. There's a door opening into beauty. There's a door opening into the fear of the Lord. 
Merebe hetirabaka. Maraba bohoto nomoyo otonomoyo. Merebe kikabahata makaya. Merebe kiramamamaka. Ancient prayers that have been prayed. Ancient prayers. Prayers at the turn of the century that were prayed. That were birthed. They were birthing. They were birthing prayers. They were not, they were not the little prayers. They were birthing prayers. They were birthing prayers of the saints. They're coming to pass in this season. They're coming to pass in this season. They're coming to pass. And the Lord says, my children are connecting the old and the new for an unprecedented expression of my son. The beauty of my son will come to the United States of America as never before. The beauty, the beauty of my son will come to the United States of America as never before. I'm coming to local bodies, says the Lord, as never before. I'm going to come to the local bodies. I'm going to come to the small towns as never before. Because there's a synchronization. Hmm. And I'm unlocking tonight, says the Lord, an ancient well in this city. An ancient well of the river of God. It's been stopped up. It's been stopped up, but the enemy will not have the last word in this city. And you encounter church. You've been called to greater. There's an invitation to greater. There's an invitation to display me. So the Lord says, gather the worshipers. Gather the prophets. Gather together. Maraba, I see Chris, I see like legislating. You're legislating words, structure for the thing that, that which God wants to do in this place. Think greater, see greater. International house that touches nations. Encounter church, Las Vegas. I see a highway from here to the nations of the earth. I see reformers. I see Josephs. I see Davids. I see Daniels. I see the nations. I see multiracial. I see the Asians. I see the African Americans. I see this room filled, but it's filled with people and filled with the glory of the Lord. Know this day that there are access, access, realities, realities, access to realities, access to truth, access to understanding, access to ideas. The Lord says, I'm marking this season with access to ideas for my people. Unprecedented access, unprecedented access. There is grace, says the Lord. There is grace. 
face, says the Lord, to turn to me properly, to see me properly, to take your place of authority, to take your place of purpose. Some of you, you've left your armor on the side and you're saying, I can't do it. And the Lord said, gird yourself up and see my power on your behalf. Step into your authority. My people do not shrink back in the day of adversity. Stand strong in the power of my might. Dream again, for I'll cause my people to be an overcoming sign in this season. I have not forsaken my people in this season. I have not left them without. I have not left them without. And I have people positioned even all across the earth. There is the prayers of my people. And I have promised to answer the prayers of my people. And the Lord says, even before the end of the year, you'll see even a significant shift in this nation as never before. But the Lord says, take your place as peacemakers. Take your place as peacemakers in this nation. Guard your mouth because there are weighty, weighty words I want to give my people in this season. There's like a white mist of his presence in this room. And Jesus is in this room. And he's like going through and he's marking people. I see him. He's actually, I see him. He's, sometimes I see his hand like this. And he'll, Fire right there. Woo. Someone is putting his hand right on your head. You'll feel like fire is delivering you of wrong thinking. Stay focused on the Lord. There's a whisper and a release of the breath of the Lord, a whisper of his voice, and release, whoa, of his breath. There's a dream God has. Music labels, songs. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten different worship teams. Marabaha. 
prophets, prophetic people, Daniels, Hanamaha, Josephs, Davids, the children connecting with God, fire in their hands. I want to abide in this place as never before. I want there to be an abiding presence in this room. A place where I rest. A place where sickness and disease cannot live. Where cancer goes. Where demons go. I've given you this place to be holy ground. Sanctified, set apart house for the beauty of the Lord. I see, like you'd see, like this bank stamp that you put on the back of a check, and the Lord's marking tonight this house with Psalm 27.4. I saw this over America maybe a week and a half ago and I see it tonight. I see like a crack. It starts here in this pulpit. It's going right down the middle of this room. And the Lord says there's a dividing line in the spirit. And I'm inviting my people to cross over and go to a place they have not been before. place of an awareness of who I am, a place of understanding, and a place where the word of the Lord reigns. I want to deliver, says the Lord, my people of dead religious works. And I want my people to be a people of fruit that remains. I want to release, says the Lord, strategies for the transformation of regions and cities, strategies for the eradication of poverty and economic systems, strategies and wisdom and understanding that shifts and changes economies and changes governments. For though there is a righteous cry in the earth by my people, even in this nation, the Lord says, what I desire in the earth has not been birthed by my people yet. And so, my people must settle for far less than what I desire for them. But I desire my people, my Daniels, to be raised up in government as judges and righteous leaders who speak and look differently and who change nations because of the righteous belief system on the inside of them. So the Lord, the Lord says to his people in America, your answer is not in a party, but in me. And the Lord says to America, your hope in me will not be disappointed in this season. 
Maraba hoshondoro bohoyo. Mere bohoshondoro boyo. Marabo hoshondoro boyo. Mere bohoshono boyo. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. gonna land the plane here in just a moment but uh kept hearing that word or the sound of that word of this synchronization between heaven and earth and I find some of these things in scripture that I call like discipleship goals I'm not there but I'm on my way to get there. There's a story in Matthew chapter 8. It says this, When he'd come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now we know Jesus Christ is right. Fully God, fully man. But he's operating as the son of man. He makes this fascinating statement to me. Then Jesus put his hand and touched him, and he, and he touched him saying, this is New King James, and he said, I am willing. Be cleansed. Think about what he's saying there. He doesn't say God is willing. He says, I am willing. And every time I read this, I think, okay, we know he only did what his father did in heaven. Yet he doesn't stop and pray in that moment, God, what's your will for this guy? His mind was so aligned with his father, he doesn't even blink, and he also recognizes his role as an ambassador that he simply goes, I am willing, and because I am willing, as a representative of the father, God is willing, and he heals in that moment. Synchronization between heaven and earth. Not telling God what to do, but he's so aligned in his thinking. And then, one chapter later, we know it's probably not the next day. This is always really fascinating. Matthew 9, verse 18. 
While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped and saying, My daughter just died, but come and lay your hands on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And Jesus turned around and when he saw her said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now, when I was a little boy, I don't know if you grew up like this, well, you were Catholic maybe later on, but you would always picture yourself, right, as the person touching Jesus and receiving what you need. Now, that's right. That is correct. And notice that she kept, other translations say, she kept saying, if only I can touch him. So you'll notice that she got what she said. You'll also notice in other, other, other parts of the gospel, it said a multitude was touching him, but it was only the touch of faith that received what, what was needed. So we got that part. That's, that's actually good. But here's the other part that is fascinating to me. Jesus does not stop and have a healing line it's simply in her act of touching the Son of God and the Son of Man that she knows if she can touch the grace on his life that he's carrying, he carries healing with him. He doesn't have a healing gift. He's become healing to the rest of the world. So I call these discipleship goals, and it's not like this, oh my God, gotta be like, it's just like there's this invitation to synchronize your life between heaven and earth. I like the word of the Lord. I like it all. But a few years ago, this lady gave me like this greatest compliment. She goes, I don't know why. I like being around you. And she wasn't like being weird or anything. She's like, I feel so peaceful when I'm around you and you're always speaking life. She's not a believer. And I'm not saying I've arrived in this. Sometimes I've backslid at airline counters <laughs> really badly. But these are discipleship goals of being synchronized between heaven and earth. And I want to encourage you that in this thing, this word that God was releasing tonight. These are models in scripture that invite us into the life we've been created to become like. And then with this one, I read this scripture quite a bit. Acts 13, 36, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. This is a point that I keep inside of me. And I try and live with it every day. It's this. I have one life to live. And this is the shortest part of my existence. This is the shortest part of your existence. It is. Eternity is long. <laughs> it's not even a good description. It's just a word. 
And this is, I love this about God. He is 100% committed to the purposes of God being established in my life, in your life. He can't be more in than he, than he is the day you got born again. He is so committed. Everything, all the resources of God are committed to you. You're like, I've really messed up. He's committed to you. I made it wrong. I'm committed to you. I keep getting it wrong. I'm committed to you. Now, part of that, though, you must take responsibility for the choices you've made. You know what I've noticed, even in prophetic communities? Sometimes people live secretly mad at God because he hasn't done what they felt like he told them he would do, but they never took responsibility for their part in bringing a birthing of that. And they don't say it, but they go, when's God, when's my turn? And they're secretly displaying their offense at God. But God is 100% committed to us. You're not without anything. You're like, I don't feel so well. He has healing for you. You're like, I get depressed. He's got deliverance for you. You're like, I need money. He's really rich. I need a place to live. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's all in on you. On the day of your worst mistake, he's all in on you. But because he's all in on you, when you stand before him, there'll be a judgment according to Matthew 29 of nations, and there'll be a judgment of the individual, and he's the righteous judge. That is a characteristic of Jesus. He's a righteous judge. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. By the way, some people think Christians shouldn't get mad. No, it's what you do at your anger. I get mad when I hear about kids being abused. That makes me mad. You think that makes me, he gets upset too. You're like, oh, you know, bless the Lord. No, he's not like that. That is an injustice. But we'll stand before him and this is, this, is a, this is just the picture I see before him. When I stand before him, I can't tell the righteous judge, you didn't tell me or you didn't give me the resources. You're like, what's he going to look at Gabriel and go, oh, get, you forgot to tell them in 2002? Okay, my bad. We're not holding you responsible for that. For, no, it's not going to work like that. He's going to say, I committed all that I was to you. What did you do? That's why... Here is really important because not only judges what you, first of all, he doesn't judge you for the things you did. He judges you for what he called you to do. He doesn't judge you for being a religious Christian. You could have given, you could have, you know, served in missions, all that. And God goes, I didn't call you to do that. I called you to do this. And you never said yes. It's not a matter of going to heaven, but you just won't have a whole lot to give him when you get there. There are rewards for following God. So we'll stand before him and we'll be judged for the shortest part of our existence and we'll be held responsible with the resources he empowered to give us.